Joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He was born for our salvation. He was crucified for our salvation. He was raised up on the third day for our salvation. And now we are celebrating who he is and that he's not only come to the world, but he has come to our lives. Use the opportunity of this season to invite someone to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to these messages today as we continue to walk in the light of God's word as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the most joyous occasions in the life of many families is the birth of a child. Long before the baby is born, there are preparations made for the child's arrival. Mothers are motivated to go shopping for infant clothes and baby beds and baby names. There are baby showers and doctor visits. The expectant fathers are busy researching diapers and baby formulas. Everybody in the house is expecting. I was thinking about this and I I said, there's a question that can be asked, but it is seldom asked to expectant parents. And that question is, why are you having that baby? Why are you having that baby? We know you're having one, but why? Think about what your answer might be. Could be we, we're having this baby because we wanted to have some children. That's obvious, perhaps. Somebody else may say we, we want a boy to carry on the family name. Some have even said it was an accident. But I'm here to say it wasn't no accident. It may have been unintentional. But somebody was aiming Some may say, I wanted to obey the scriptures and be fruitful and multiply. And some would even say, I wanted to have a child before my body clock expired. We talk about the purpose for having the child, but we almost never talk about the purpose for the child. And as we're in the midst of our Christmas season, it's more that is more commercialized every year, the purpose for the celebration of Christmas can get lost on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the hustle and bustle of getting the latest tech toys and gadgets. But let's not forget about doing our good deeds. And sometimes we don't forget that. We We buy the toy so we can drop it off at the missions place so they can give it to children who need a toy or we'll take some food by the food bank and that will satisfy our desire to get into the holiday mood. But I want us to take a closer look at who we celebrate, but not only who we celebrate, but why we celebrate him. 
There have been billions of babies born on this earth, but none was born with the purpose that Jesus Christ has for coming to this earth. So I want to talk about this baby is on a mission. So for context and some background, let's take a look at a passage that we've looked at recently. And I want to talk about this Christmas message from the book of 1 John, chapter 3. 1 John, chapter 3. Turn your Bibles there. Beginning at verse 7. And someone says, I don't remember a Christmas message being in 1 John. The whole Bible is a Christmas message. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And here's where we want to focus. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. If you have the King James, it says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. Here John is still attempting to get the church, the believers, to understand what they're dealing with that is causing some to be misled and some to fall away and continue in sin. And he starts with that verse 7, and he says, you know, it's not rocket science. He says, it's, it's, if you do right, you are right. Living holy is not rocket science. Living holy is obeying God's command. God told Joshua, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it and be careful to do everything that's in it, and you will be prosperous. Get this book. Take a look, think about it, and do it. You want to prosper? Do what's in here. And so John is saying, don't be led astray by smooth-talking people who will get you confused about what you should do and be doing. He said, just obey the Word of God. And then secondly, he says, he talked about the adversary to the believer, and that is the devil. Uh, we don't talk about the devil um, too much anymore because it seems like we think that he has retired. So we seldom bring him up unless it's kind of in a, in a casual way, unconnected to anything scriptural. You know, the devil made me do it. The devil is in the details, all of those kind of things. But, but he says, uh, verse 8, he who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So his logic here is clear. If a man knows God, he will obey God. If he belongs to the devil, he will obey the devil. Now, you may not think about it, but see, it's only, it's only two sources uh, of, uh, of uh, life and two sources that control everything. You're either controlled by the Spirit of God or you're controlled by the devil. 
It's just that you've been controlled by the devil from the beginning in our life because we were born in sin and uh, we have the sin nature. We're controlled by the devil. It's so seamless that we didn't even know it was the devil controlling us. When he told you to cuss somebody out, you cussed them out. That's before you got saved and joined the light of the world. When he would tell you to take something that wasn't yours, you would take it. Nobody never took nothing that wasn't yours. Look in your purse. You still got some of your company's ballpoint pen. <laughs> we would do all of those things. People would steal and kill and do all kinds of things. That was, that was the devil telling you to do that. And you just did it. And you thought it felt natural. You didn't feel bad about it. You didn't ask for forgiveness. You just did it. Why? Because that's what people do when they're controlled by the devil. They just do it. And you taught your kids, if somebody hits you, do what? See there? You already knew. But Jesus said, if somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. You said, no. See, somebody said, no, I still can't do that. Well, the devil is still busy. And John says, uh, listen, he who does what is sinful, who, now we talked about this last time, he who does, he who practices, who is habitually uh, uh, living that lifestyle, he who does it continuously as a way of life is of the devil. He belongs to the devil. And so John is accepting and he's sharing with the church the reality of the devil. He is real. And the enemy has many different names in the scripture. He's called Satan. He's called the adversary, the enemy, the devil, the accuser, the destroyer, the prince of this world, the dragon. He's got lots of names. But whatever you call him, keep in mind that his chief activity is to oppose Christ and God's people. That's his activity. That's his mission. Whatever God wants to do, I'm going to try to do the opposite. If God says go right, I'm going to say go left. If he says go up, I'm going to say go down. So you can always tell what's, what the devil is working. See, God adds and multiplies. The devil subtract and divide. If things are being subtracted from your life and divided in your life and separated, don't look at God, look at the devil. But this opposition started thousands of years before Christ came to this earth. It started in heaven. Jesus told his disciples, I saw Satan cast out of heaven like a bolt of lightning. He started cutting up when he was in heaven. And John is showing us that there is a contrast. And I want to give you this because it says, now, if you know what the devil's mission is, you'll know why Christ came. He says, I want to show you a contrast between Christ, who has no sin, the Bible says he has no sin, and the devil who's been sinning from the beginning and can do nothing but sin. Satan, then, is not eternal like God. He's not all-powerful like God. He's not all-knowing like God, nor is he everywhere present like God. However... He has some, he armor bearers, we call them demons, and that make it possible for him to, to advance his work in almost every area because the demons are out working for him. Now, there's, the devil is still 
alive and well and demons are still working. See, all these people acting crazy, they ain't just acting crazy. A lot of them are demon-possessed. And y'all just trying to think, well, I wonder what's wrong with him. He needs some more counseling. You can't counsel no demon out. All you're doing is spending money. He's been to all kind of counselors, and, and they can't get him. And they just put him on Ritalin and, and all these different drugs. And that, that does a little bit. All you got is a demon on drugs. That's why he started picking up stuff like the Hulk. Everybody said, woo, he's really got bad. Now, what did Jesus do to the demons? He cast them out. You see, that boy has a demon. In fact, one time they called, you know what they call a demon? A lunatic spirit. Got anybody acting like a lunatic? Demonic forces are still working in the earth to destroy people, to confuse them, to turn their lives upside down. And so Jesus came on a mission. So you can say this baby's on a mission. Come on, say that. This baby's on a mission. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message for the season. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring salvation, and bring his joy into our lives, into our heart. We sing joy to the world. This year has been a tumultuous year. Many of us do not have the joy of the Lord in us today. We may not have the peace of God in our hearts right now because of all the things that have been going on around us. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still seeking to save those who are lost. He's still bringing his joy and he's still bringing his peace to every one of us who will turn our hearts toward him and invite him into our lives and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. He was born so that we can be born again and have a new life in Christ Jesus. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We are meeting in person on Sundays. For more information or if you have a prayer request, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. I also invite you to join us online each Sunday at 10 a.m. at lowcf.org. Again, that's L. O-W-C-F dot O-R-G And then don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us if you need church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, Bibles or books or study material. 281-441-2885 Again, that's 281-441-2885 Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.